Welcome to the podcast, Move Forth with Grace. We will be reading the whole Bible in the year 2024. This is such a perfect way to get into God's Word each day and to develop your own relationship with God our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am your host, Angela, and want to first of all say that I am not an expert in theology or church history or a minister, and I never will claim to be. I am a wife and mother who has been reborn and want to be of service to God in gratitude for calling me back home. Welcome to the podcast. The Bible that I will be reading from is the One Year Bible. It is a New Living Translation, and you can find one at www.tendale.com. This episode is brought to you by the Move Forth brand. It encompasses freedom, health, and God's grace. We are created in God's image perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully. There is nothing that we need to do to earn His grace and His healing. He simply gives it to us. I am certified in health and life coaching, but no longer practice. However, I have health tips and resources, products that I love and use, homeschool tips, and merchandise available on my website, and that is www.move-forth.com. One of my favorite products on my website and that I use each day are stem cell activation patches. Stem cell therapy can be very costly and can produce results that are short-lived, which is why these patches are so brilliant and they are not considered to be stem cell therapy. They actually activate our own body's production of stem cells and support our health and well-being, all while optimizing our immune system. You can check them out on my website as well, www.move-forth.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming less like you and more like Jesus. May you move forth with grace today. All right, well, today is day 29, and we'll be reading Exodus 8, 1 through 9, 35, Matthew 19, 13 through 30, Psalms 24, 1 through 10, and Proverbs 6, 1 through 5. Let's go ahead and begin with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together in your word and in your presence, and we just ask you to bless this time today as you bless us each and every day, and we just thank you for your grace and mercy. We say this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 8, 1 through nine thirty five. Then the Lord said to Moses, go back to Pharaoh and announce to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs across your entire land. The Nile River will swarm with frogs. They will come up out of the river and into your palace, even into your bedroom and onto your bed. They will enter the houses of your officials and your people. They will even jump into your ovens and your kneading bowls. Frogs will jump on your people and all your officials. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, raise the staff in your hand over all the rivers, canals, and ponds of Egypt, and bring up frogs over all the land. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came up and covered the whole land. But the magicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. They too caused frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged, Plead with me, Lord, to take the frogs away from me and my people. I will let your people go so they can offer sacrifices to the Lord. You set the time, Moses replied. Tell me when you want me to pray for you, your officials and your people. Then you and your houses will be rid of the frogs. They will remain only in the Nile River. Do it tomorrow, Pharaoh said. All right, Moses replied. It will be as you have said. Then you will know that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials, and your people. They will remain only in the Nile River. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh's palace, and Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had inflicted on Pharaoh. And the Lord did just what Moses had predicted. The frogs in the houses, the courtyards, and the fields all died. 
The Egyptians piled them into great heaps, and a terrible stench filled the land. But when Pharaoh saw that relief had come, he became stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. So the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, raise your staff and strike the ground. The dust will turn into swarms of gnats throughout the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. When Aaron raised his hand and struck the ground with his staff, gnats infested the entire land, covering the Egyptians and their animals. All the dust in the land of Egypt turned into gnats. Pharaoh's magicians tried to do the same thing with their secret arts, but this time they failed, and the gnats covered everyone, people and animals alike. This is the finger of God, the magicians exclaimed to Pharaoh, but Pharaoh's heart remained hard. He wouldn't listen to them, just as the Lord had predicted. Then the Lord told Moses, get up early in the morning and stand in Pharaoh's way as he goes down to the river. Say to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse, then I will send swarms of flies on you, your officials, your people, and all the houses. The Egyptian homes will be filled with flies, and the ground will be covered with them. But this time, I will spare the region of Goshen, where my people live. No flies will be found there. Then you will know that I am the Lord, and that I am present, even in the heart of your land. I will make a clear distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will happen tomorrow. And the Lord did just as he said. A thick swarm of flies filled Pharaoh's palace and the houses of his officials. The whole land of Egypt was thrown into chaos by the flies. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron. All right, go ahead and offer sacrifices to your God, he said, but do it here in this land. But Moses replied, that wouldn't be right. The Egyptians detest the sacrifices that we offer to our Lord, the Lord our God. Look, if we offer our sacrifices here where the Egyptians can see us, they will stone us. We must take a three-day trip into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, just as he has commanded us. All right, go ahead, Pharaoh replied. I will let you go into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God, but don't go too far away. Now hurry and pray for me. Moses answered, as soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord, and tomorrow the swarms of flies will disappear from you and your officials and all your people. But I am warning you, Pharaoh, don't lie to us again and refuse to let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses left Pharaoh's palace and pleaded with the Lord to remove all the flies. And the Lord did as Moses asked and caused the swarms of flies to disappear from Pharaoh, his officials, and his people. Not a single fly remained, but Pharaoh again became stubborn and refused to let the people go. Go back to Pharaoh, the Lord commanded Moses. Tell him this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so they can worship me. If you continue to hold them and refuse to let them go, the hand of your Lord will strike all your livestock, your horses, donkeys, camels, cattle, sheep, and goats with a deadly plague. But the Lord will gain, will again make a distinction between the livestock of the Israelites and that of the Egyptians. Not a single one of Israel's animals will die. The Lord has already set the time for the plague to begin. He has declared that he will strike the land tomorrow. And the Lord did just as he had said. The next morning, all the livestock of the Egyptians died, but the Israelites didn't lose a single animal. Pharaoh sent his officials to investigate, and they discovered that the Israelites had not lost a single animal. But even so, Pharaoh's heart remained stubborn, and he still refused to let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from a brick kiln and have Moses toss it into the air while Pharaoh watches. The ashes will spread like fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, causing festering boils to break out on people and animals throughout the land. 
So they took soot from a brick kiln and went and stood before Pharaoh. As Pharaoh watched, Moses threw the soot into the air, and boils broke out on people and animals alike. Even the magicians were unable to stand before Moses because the boils had broken out on them and all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and just as the Lord had predicted to Moses, Pharaoh refused to listen. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so they can worship me. If you don't, I will send more plagues on you and your officials and your people. Then you will know that there is no one like me in all the earth. By now, I could have lifted my hand and struck you and your people with a plague to wipe you off the face of the earth. But I have spared you for a purpose, to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. But you still lord it over my people and refuse to let them go. So tomorrow at this time, I will send a hailstorm more devastating than any in all of history of Egypt. Quick, order your livestock and servants to come in from the fields to find shelter. Any person or animal left outside will die when the hail falls. Some of Pharaoh's officials were afraid because of what the Lord had said. They quickly brought their servants and livestock in from the fields. But those who paid no attention to the word of the Lord left theirs out in the open. Then the Lord said to Moses, Lift your hand toward the sky, so hail may fall on the people and livestock and all the plants throughout the land of Egypt. So Moses lifted his staff toward the sky, and the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning flashed toward the earth. The Lord sent a tremendous hailstorm against all the land of Egypt. Never in all the history of Egypt had there been a storm like that, with such devastating hail and continuous lightning. It left all of Egypt in ruins. The hail struck down everything in the open field, people, animals, and plants alike. Even the trees were destroyed. The only place without hail was the region of Goshen, where the people of Israel lived. Then Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron. This time I have sinned, he confessed. The Lord is the righteous one, and my people and I are wrong. Please beg the Lord to end this terrifying thunder and hail. We've had enough. I will let you go. You don't need to stay any longer. All right, Moses replied, as soon as I leave the city, I will lift my hands and pray to the Lord. Then the thunder and hail will stop, and you will know that the earth belongs to the Lord. But I know that you and your officials still do not fear the Lord. All the flax and barley were ruined by the hail, because the barley had formed heads and the flax was budding. But the wheat and the emmer wheat were were spared, because they had not yet sprouted from the ground. So Moses left Pharaoh's court and went out of the city. When he lifted his hands to the Lord, the thunder and hail stopped, and the downpour ceased. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain, hail, and thunder had stopped, he and his officials sinned again, and Pharaoh again became stubborn. Because his heart was hard, Pharaoh refused to let the people leave, just as the Lord had predicted through Moses. Matthew nineteen thirteen through 30 One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. 
But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Then Peter said to him, We've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Psalm 24, 1 through 10, a Psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of glory. Proverbs 6, 1-5 through My child, if you have put up security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, Follow my advice and save yourself, for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now, swallow your pride, go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off, do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. And that concludes our readings for today. So lots of plagues. I don't know about you, but... I would not be happy. Ooh, that would be very uncomfortable. Very, very, very uncomfortable, right? Frogs, gnats, flies, all your animals, livestock are killed. Thunder and hail. Sounds pretty uh sounds pretty crazy. And the Lord he was he was just trying to prove who he is and he means business right and so why did he identify himself because we saw this a few times as the god of the hebrews he did that a few times 
um, for Moses to tell to Pharaoh. This is from the companion. As each gloomy plague descended upon the land, the Egyptian people realized how powerless their gods were to stop it. Hapai, the god of the Nile River, could not prevent the waters from turning to blood. Hathor, the crafty cow goddess, was helpless as Egyptian livestock died in droves. Amun-Re, the sun god and chief of the Egyptian gods, could not stop an eerie darkness from covering the land for three full days. The Egyptian gods were, one, centered around non-personal images like the sun or the river. They were, two, many in number. Three, worshipped along with many other gods. By contrast, the god of the Hebrews was, one, a living personal being, two, the only true god, and three, the only god who should be worshipped. God was proving to both the Hebrews and the Egyptians that he alone is the living and all-powerful god. So making that distinction there by um, presenting himself as the God of the Hebrews. And a question that we have um, over here in Matthew 19 today, verses 13 through 15, is the kingdom of heaven only for little children? The disciples must have forgotten what Jesus had said about little children. Jesus wanted little children to come because he loved them and because they had the kind of attitude needed to approach God. He didn't mean that heaven is only for children, but that people need childlike attitudes of trust in God. The receptiveness of little children was a great contrast to the stubbornness of the religious leaders who let their education and sophistication stand in the way of this simple faith needed to believe in Jesus. So what a lovely uh, picture that they could have uh, to understand the simplicity in the faith in having faith in Jesus. And let's see, we also um, we also learn about the very rich man, right? And Jesus was explaining to him about heaven and, and how hard it is for uh, for those that have lots of money or wealth or riches to get into heaven, especially if they treat their money in a certain way. So in verses 19, 24 through 26, and now I'm over in the study Bible, because it is impossible for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, it appears impossible for a rich person to get into the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. They thought that if anyone could be saved, it would be the rich, whom their culture considered especially blessed by God. How do riches get in the way? Many who become wealthy have relied on their own efforts, drive, and focus. Through skillful enterprise, they have accumulated money and power. To lay these values and drives at Jesus' feet would be very difficult for them. Jesus explained, however, that with God, everything is possible. And I know you've heard that expression, and that is where this comes from. Anyone can enter the kingdom of God graciously as, as God graciously brings them in. When they become followers of Jesus, they will want to share their wealth in God's service his faith in your has faith in yourself or your money become excess baggage that you need to lay aside that's a great question for all of us to ponder so when we when we treat money as an idol um, when it rules over our lives it it rules over our thoughts that's when we can get into trouble for sure because that's why the rich man was so sad because 
he loved his possessions and he was a, you know, followed the commandments with no problem, but he just loved his possessions too much to, um, to let go of that, of that and follow Jesus. And a beautiful Psalm today, uh, just declaring, you know, who the earth belongs to and it absolutely belongs to the Lord, everything in it. And, um, see as we look in uh verses 7 through 10 who is this king of glory did you ask yourself or maybe you might be quite familiar with this psalm um but who is this king of glory well the king of glory identified here as the lord of heaven's armies is the messiah himself eternal holy and mighty this psalm is not only a battle cry for the church. It also looks forward to Christ's future entry into the new Jerusalem to reign forever. And that is in Revelation 19, 11 through 21. So a beautiful reference to our Savior in this psalm today. Let's go ahead and end with our prayer today. Dear Lord, thank you again for this time together as we get to grow spiritually in learning your word and in placing it in our hearts so that we can always have access to it, especially when our minds become distracted or overwhelmed. We can always just come back to the truth of your word within our hearts or just take a moment and open our Bible and see it right there, your truth, which is the most important truth in the world. We just thank you that we get to have this time together, that we get to read your word together and learn about who you are and and what your grand plan is. It is still unfolding. And we are just so grateful for the part of your plan that was to save us all through the death of your son, Jesus. And Jesus, we just thank you for being willing to lay down your life for each and every one of us. And we just thank you for being our savior and help us to remember that we always need a savior. We say this prayer in Jesus name. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. I thank you so much for being here. Please share this with someone in your life. If this is blessing you, it's not what I say. It's what God's word says. That is so transformative. That is so powerful. And that is so incredible and awesome. So please share this with someone. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.